intellectually petty radio on your stereo Don't compare us to anything, this is a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order Intellectually petty radio on your stereo Don't compare us to anything, this is a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, men make moves and suckers stand still, and as always, on Nerd DJ's Radio, where we will break your tracks and not your stacks, uh, shout out to the super OG, DJ Johnny O, man, shout out to uh, T-Rex and the whole family, man, Big Hef. Uh, DJ Squirt, the whole nine, you already know, man, the whole family over there at Nerve DJs, and today, man, well, you already know, man, I only rock with legends over this way, and today is no exception, man, um, today we have the, the chairman of the Fred Hampton Gun Club, uh, Talib Atunde, joining us, uh, and Jay Williams from the Black Gun Owners Magazine was supposed to tap in as well. Unfortunately, uh, the brother is not feeling that good, so he won't be able to make it, so I do apologize for that, and I'm just waiting on uh, Talib to tap in now, and I'm going to have to figure out why. On YouTube, it's just reverting to literally the same uh, name every time, and I have to go back and manually change it. That's not a good look, and I don't know why it is doing that. So I do apologize, but I did update that very quickly, um, and I may have the episode number. No, I don't think I got the episode number right. Anyway, if I don't, I'll change it. I just wanted to make sure we got the name. Um, and this is a topic near and dear to my heart, and I try to revisit this topic as often as I can, uh, black gun ownership. I am a firm believer in uh, black folks legally purchasing firearms, um, knowing how to shoot, knowing when to shoot. Um, I, I am a firm believer of black folks teaching each other these things. I'm a firm believer of us defending ourselves. Um, and along those lines, I try to bring people onto the platform that uh, add something to that conversation. So today is no exception. Uh, and if, if, if you know <laughs> Talib, uh, absolutely one of those cats that adds something to the conversation. And not only to the conversation, but he is wholeheartedly outside and very, very, very active. Um, actually, um, it's a beautiful thing that, that the Fred Hampton Gun Club also uh, provides security for Dr. Dr. Umar, just dope. Um, I think that's another important thing. Uh, and what you know, like not everybody is a fan of everybody. Let's be honest. Uh, but Dr. Umar is one of the smartest people with two legs. 
you know, one of the smartest people with vocal cords. Uh, the dude is, is really, really intellectually one of those ones, um, amongst others, you know, but I think that we should all be inclined to protect our intellectual property. And what by, by intellectual property, I mean, I mean our, uh, our educators. Um, I think we are doing a disservice to a lot of our teachers by allowing them to have to, to, to be traumatized at work, in the workplace. And I don't know gun-wise, like if, if there is a, a practical solution for that or is it more of a parenting issue? I don't know. And if you got a solution for that, please tap in. If you want to talk about that, please let me know. I would be more than happy to listen to whatever solution you got. Um, and I'm just going to inbox the brother and let him know that, you know, we, we live and ready to go. All right. I, we just seen that. Okay, so we good. Uh, but that that's an interesting conversation amongst itself. Amongst itself. Um how to protect our teachers. They are overworked, underpaid, undervalued, and disrespected by parents and students alike on a routine basis. Um, and it's not just teachers. It's a lot of people that work in our communities. Um, what do we do? You know, how do we fix that? You know, we, we, we have a, a, a war on several fronts, some with, from within, um, a lot externally and that's just some things that we want to talk about today you know self-defense how do we defend ourselves you know and 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 contrary to popular belief self-defense is not always a physical thing let's take this country for example there is some team of people currently I'm sure of it looking at a computer screen they don't have a weapon in their hands probably don't have one nearby um, but they are keeping a close eye on things around the world that would affect the homeland that's self-defense there are there are there's somebody somewhere that's an accountant and I and I have been a big proponent of letting people know that the army is 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 more than just guns and bullets. It's accountants. It's garbage men. Um, but let me shut myself up for a moment, man, because we have the general himself, Talib Atunde, in the building, man. How you doing, King? Black power, all power to the people in Fuck Twelve. What's going on with you, bro? <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> hey, do me one favor. Turn your phone to the side for me so we can get the landscape. That is absolutely perfect, man. How you doing, man? How's life? How's your family? Doing all right, man. We're doing pretty good. You know, just still putting in work, building a black family, trying to go against all the stereotypes and say that there's no uh, black love is dead, I guess. Yeah, that, 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 that's not our stereotype. I think we've, uh, that's not our stereotype. That's just one that's been placed on us. Right. And I think that's part of our uh, our, our conversation too. Also, um, is self defense against propaganda? You know, you say um, self defense against, against it. Yeah, 
Like propaganda, propaganda is 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 a war tool. Make no mistake about it. Are you are you asking me if it is? No, no, I know for a fact it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like how, how like, and I know you guys uh, uh, do security for Doctor Umar. Right. And before before you came on, I was saying that that is one of the ways. That is a part of self-defense in my estimation is protecting our intellectual property. I agree. I agree. And I think that we need to extend that to our teachers, you know, um, but I'm not sure how we can do that. Like, the, like from, from a, you know, a more macro perspective, like how do we protect so many teachers from the bullshit they got to go through with teachers? I mean, with students and parents alike. And I know people when people will tune in and be like, well, that's not self-defense. Well, it is, because if they're educating our children, they need to be protected. Yeah, I I agree. I do think each state is different. So it it plays uh it plays a major factor when it comes down to the gun laws, the different states, um, their viewpoints. So before we can even start getting teachers armed or people in general armed, mm -hmm. uh, we gotta normalize it and we have to educate people on the use of firearms and get them comfortable with being around them because the stigma is always, they've always put a negative stigma or negative uh, connotation on the end of firearms and owning guns, you know? So first we have to normalize it and make it seem just as normal as uh, sliced bread in the house, you know, make it a household name <laughs> so that everybody ain't, isn't scared of it. You know what I mean? Everybody is yeah. so fearful of guns, you know, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, um, and for, for people that are just not tuning in, I do want to apologize. Jay Williams was not feeling well today. Um, we'll definitely have to uh, spend the block. And he's definitely a friend of, uh, of the show. So he's been on before. He'll come back. Uh, but I do apologize on his behalf. He felt horrible. Um, you know, when was the first time you picked up a gun? Oh, man, I think I've been in general just in life or yeah, picking it first up. Time. First time yeah, first I picked time. up a gun... Um, I, I, I was born in North Carolina, so okay. that's where most of my family is from. You know what I mean? So I got a real down South, uh, Southern hospitality type thing with me. So, uh, my great grandparents, I was born in North Carolina. Um, and my, my great grandparents, they have over, I want to say anywhere between 60 to 80 acres of land in North Carolina. Um, hmm. so every, every holiday, my family would come down all the men would come down. We have about 30, 40 cars in the yard. Good old days, you know, back in the early 90s, stuff like that. And we would just get all on the land, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all of that. And they would go outside. And I, I would see all the men disappear in the house. I'd be the only young dude still running around the house. I'm like, where all the men go? All of a sudden, I started hearing gunshots off in the backyard. For a long time, they wouldn't let me touch anything. So I had to be about 10 or 11 years old. And my cousin uh, had a shotgun and he had a pistol grip on it and everything like that. And I was like, I want to shoot. I want to shoot. I want to shoot. And uh, he didn't say nothing to me. He just told me, to, you know, some of the basic fun fundamentals of it or whatever. I grabbed the shotgun and I'm aiming it. I'm thinking I'm seeing it like in the movies. I'm aiming the shotgun. I got it all up by my face and stuff like that. <laughs> as soon as I pulled it, it hit me in the face. I dropped Ooh. the gun and everything like that. It was embarrassing. It was terrible. It was terrible. But after that, it, just just the power of it, the sound of it, I fell in love, but that's what I grew up around. Uh, it's just a bunch of men with firearms. So every time we're in North Carolina, we go down, whether it's 
a family function or uh, something dealing with maybe a funeral, whatever the case may be. We we shoot. We pull out all our guns. Everybody pull out guns and show what they got and stuff like that. We lay a tarp down and we just start shooting. We we teach everybody in the family from little girls on up, little boys. And mostly everybody in my family has touched the gun. Everybody. You know what I've noticed over the last couple of years is the popularity of like like the gun, the black gun owner movement has developed stars from Mark Choppa to Jada Shooter and the like, where people are, and they putting on events that have become like really big deals. You know, um, how do we turn that into a, a, a coordinated effort to defend us as a community? Um, shout out to Mark Choppa. I just talked to that brother about a month ago. Um, me and him had a, very deep conversation, especially about the RBG flag and stuff like that or whatever. We had a, mm-hmm. a, a share moment and stuff like that. He right here in the, in the DC Maryland area. Um, I talked to him, we supposed to be getting together to do something in the community and stuff like that, dealing with like food drives, clothes drives and stuff like that. But he has uh, he has this thing that he does chop a day all the time. He gets a bunch of different black people together, come together and they go shooting and stuff like that. Recently they tried to shut it down and try to try to push it back or whatever but um uh sorry about that oh yeah it happens um the the thing about that is we have to start finding what's what our community needs and it's not just about guns as well but it's about uh i guess you blending the two together you know what i mean showing it's just as useful as having your your wallet on you it's essential to a part of your day just like breathing and everything like that we have to normalize it and make it part of our day um mm-hmm. we have to protect ourselves as well because the police isn't going to protect us the government isn't going to protect us the state isn't going to protect us we have to learn how to protect ourselves you know what i mean so we talk about the black woman being one of the most um uh the most attacked the most unprotected and then we got the other side saying black men are the most unprotected black people as a whole is Man. unprotected <laughs> exactly. and we need to protect each other you get what i'm saying or whatever the issues may be um and we need to find that common ground of just being black you get what i'm saying and protecting each other within that mean you know what i mean so um we have to normalize having security for ourselves you get what i'm saying and how we do that is not only we come with guns, we come with help and solutions because guns isn't just the main narrative of everything. You get what I'm saying? Yes, guns is, absolutely. A, is a means of protection. I think we get this illusion that, oh, guns, we got to use it to, to kill people and to attack people. Guns are for self-defense. That's that's literally all guns is for. It's not an offensive thing. It's a defensive thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um we're not trying to be the attackers or the aggressors. You know what I mean? So we need to learn how to use it as a defense mechanism. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, once we start including the, it, once we start including our everyday activities with firearms, we can make it a part of the culture and everything like that. And that's how we push that. Also, we need to learn how to work with other people. And I say this because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some kickback. I'm going to get some kickback. Unfortunately, um, we need to start working with other people, whether it be white people, Mexicans and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying they can join us, but we can work with them because they have resources and different things that can help us progress as a people. Um, and the only reason why I say that is 
I'm gonna give an example, and this is gonna make some people mad. I'm just gonna be 100 percent honest. <laughs> it's gonna make some I don't, people mad. I don't mad. know about that. I'm, 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 I'm working with you, but I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree yet. I'm listening. Hear me out. And I'm only saying this as a, I'm only saying this as a, as, a, as something for our people to start thinking about. Okay. There should be no reason why I can go to a white man, use his land that has a hundred acres for free, and I have to go to black people and I have to pay them a certain amount of money in order to use their land. We're not helping each other. So what, what's happening is we're forcing ourselves to have to go outsource ourselves to other people when we should be insourcing in-house with our own people. So until the, I can get online right now and we need help. Let's take okay. Grandmaster Jay, for example. Okay. Grandmaster Jay needs a whole lot of help. He did all this help out here trying to do for all these people and stuff like that. He may have had his issues. We may have not liked him for certain things, but we can't take away from what he was trying to do and the vision that he put out there, right? But, but we're not standing up for him like they did for uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. You get what I'm saying? Then white people came Man. together, regardless of their differences, put money together and raised all this money for this white boy in order for him to have the legal services, the $2 million, $3 million, or however much they raised for him, regardless of whether they thought he was right or not. All they knew that was he was white. And that's what we lack. And that's the reason why I say until we can get on board, we're spending our own money to go out here and finance these these communities, finance some of our trips, our hotels and stuff like that. And it's draining our pockets. We're losing time off of work, but we don't support each other. So what does that mean for the average grassroots or the 2A organizations like mine or anybody else who needs the help and we can't get our own black people? Are we supposed to just starve ourselves out until we just go into the negative or do we start reaching out, getting money from these people and using their money and their resources to build up our people and then taking that and pushing it back out into our communities? You get what I'm saying? So basically using them like they would use us. They use us all the time. Facts. Why can't they we do. use them? I, and that's I what I mean by that. I think that historically it's a slippery slope because of, of like, like, like I said, historically some of our orgs have tried that and, and been infiltrated consistently. I agree. I agree. And and the key to that is we have to be steadfast about what we say. We have to mm -hmm. stand on our square. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that anything that we asking for, we're not compromising anything. So, for example, the land that I was talking about where I use that white man, why I use that white man's land, um, why I use that white man's land and mm -hmm. it had over 100 acres or whatever, right? Okay. I used over 100 acres of his land or whatever, right? Okay. He didn't ask me for anything specific. He didn't ask me for no money. I didn't get anything from him beneficial or anything like that. I actually had to go out there and he didn't ask me for anything in the end, right? Okay. Sorry about that. So he didn't so, ask so me for what anything. Was he, he, it was, he had an angle. What was the angle? There was no angle. There was nothing. There was no angle. Maybe the angle was knowing what you got. It, and see, here's the thing. He showed me what he had. He showed me his barracks. He showed me everything that he had. All we mm -hmm. did was go out there and use the, all we did was go out there and use the land and everything like that. He didn't ask us for our personal information. You get what I'm saying? He didn't ask for our addresses, nothing like that. You get what I'm saying? Nothing. Hmm. He showed it. He he showed us his barrack, which he had this big old uh, bunker full of weapons. Five tons and different things like that. You get what I'm saying? He didn't ask us for none of our names or information. A list of people that came, serial numbers off the rifle. He didn't ask us none of that. And he mm -hmm. allowed us to use his land. Mm 
because we knew people who was connected to him. Okay. Now let me you know let me mean? throw this out there. Um, uh, I don't know. Was it about a month ago? I interviewed Malik Yakini, um, an expert on 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 farming and especially community farming. Uh, I I think that what we need to start doing is connecting the dots. Like he, they actually building a big ass co op grocery store in Detroit currently. If we were, let's say, I'll give you an example. Uh, Naga has got. 30,000 members, and that's the National African-American Gun Association. Mm-hmm. And they got 30,000. Let's say those 30,000 members decide, you know what, we're going to support that guy. Well, that guy can then, in turn, support what you're doing. You get what I'm saying? Because that's right. what they do. They One hand is washing the other because they realize it's not just about this one aspect of it to defend us all. Self-defense means we got to eat. Self-defense means we need water. Self-defense means we need bullets. Self-defense needs we need doctors. We need nurses. We need to be self-contained to say we're defending ourselves completely. So at what right. point do we start do we start doing that? And I get what you said. Yeah, you use what you got. You know, you, you at some point because of the, the circumstances we find ourselves in in this country. Um, you, you, you're not going to get around. Just You're going to have to buy something from white folks or get something from white folks because they own everything. That's just, just, just the way it is in this country. Um, so I get what you're saying, but I think we do need to start preparing our foundation for moving forward where we can be self-contained realistically and practically. And 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 I say this, and we we... We can emotionalize um, and fantasize about where we are as a people. If we were to be 100% truthfully honest and white people, snatch, white people snatched the core from us right now, they took everything from us. That would, that would go to from some of our housing, a good majority of that. That would be a good majority of our jobs, our schools, our fuel, our food, our distribution. You get what I'm saying? Our infrastructure, a lot of that would be taken from us. So unfortunately, whether we want to or not, like the the internet we're using right now, the lights we're using in the house, we still have to go to these white people for something, whether it's our job or whatever. And we can say, oh, well, I got my own business. Well, you still have to go to a white man to get approved for that business. You still have to ask them for something in order to get something. And that's the point that I'm saying we have to get to the point where, hey, look, Right now, I'm going to use what I can to get from these people so I can build my own so that we can build our own independent nation. But we also have to do what you just said doing as well. We have to start scratching each other's back and helping yeah. each other out yeah. and working together because we have major organizations like 30,000 members and everything like that. But what are they doing to reach back out into the black communities to empower us as far as food, grocery stores, infrastructure and different things like that? You know what I mean? So, yes. We can have this one-sided agenda just focusing on self-defense and getting firearms, but what else? What are we pushing? What message are we pushing behind the firearms? What else are we doing with it? What Facts. What are we What are I we agree. pushing behind that? What are we getting the gun and going out there? A lot of people, I've seen some stuff, uh, sent you a video with a lot of people that was upset because we had guns and we was talking about reparations. Whether it was the type of reparations or the message or the bill that they wanted to push for reparations, all I saw a good portion of them was upset about the fact we was talking about reparations. 
You get what I'm saying? And that wasn't the cool part of it. You know what I mean? It's like, so if we talk about reparations with guns, all of a sudden it's a negative thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's, that's the, that's the sad part. I think that that, and see, those people aren't thinking, I don't think they're really, really thinking about it because fear is a hell of a tool. And mm-hmm. one thing this country is scared of is angry niggas. And angry yeah. niggas with guns. Oh, that's the boogeyman in this motherfucker. So if you put that, if that makes them get reparations on the floor, then get reparations on the floor. I don't really give a fuck how you got to go about it, to be quite honest. Right, because at some point, it's, when do when do we stop being passive and, and saying hands up, don't shoot, and begging and saying please or asking in a nice way? At some point, when do you become aggressive? You get what I'm saying? When do your tone of voice start to change? And that's all I'm saying is, we don't have to yell, but at some point we got to change our tone of voice so that we can sound assertive. Because right now we sound real passive and we sound like we're begging. And that's not what we should do. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you a thousand percent on that one, man. We do. Um, I think that we've used the same strategy for decades. And it's, yeah, it, it, the, the tires are bald on that strategy. Not to say that that strategy was misguided. It's just you can only milk the cow for so long before the cow dies. Right. You know, and we have milked the fuck out of the, 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 sir, ma'am, may we please have what we, what you owe us type of shit. And people are getting tired of that. You know, like they said, uh, over the last few years, and I forget who, what, what organization, the National NSSF, said that 58 gun ownership has went up 58% in our community. 58 fucking percent. You know why you don't hear about that shit? Because it scares the fuck out of them. 58%. And most of those actually are sisters. That's... that's I'm that's sorry, a- go ahead, bro. No, I was going to say that's actually a positive thing that we see a lot of black women on the firearms and it needs to be more men. Unfortunately, the reason why a lot of men don't own firearms is because a lot of them got charges um, and yeah. they've been hit with something. You get what I'm saying? Where they can't own firearms, unfortunately. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure if I was to do the, do the math on it and look up the statistics on black males who don't have felonies and who can legally own firearms, They've been taught and told that you don't need firearms. And then there's the other side. There's so many reasons why a lot of men don't own them. But there's the other side. You can get into religion and spirituality and it's the whole God's going to protect me. And that's no shout. That's that's no uh, that's no uh, shot at anybody who believes in Christianity or anything like that. I'm not trying to talk down. But at the same time, you still need to be able to protect yourself here in the natural realm also in the spiritual realm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, so, like, like the, to be honest, like, um, you got to read your Bible. If that is, if that is your thing, your, your Bible, whatever religion you believe in, um, please show me in that book that you, whatever you, y'all, y'all learn from, show me where there wasn't wars fought over your religion. Speaking of that, there was a whole point in the Bible where, um, and I went to theology school. There was a whole point in the Bible 
where uh, God told them to go to this place called Ai, the literal letter Ai, Ai. And they told him to go there, and he told him to wipe out all the men, women, children, and the babies, and don't leave nobody behind. Clean out the entire city. And they went there, and they did some of what they were supposed to do, they and they didn't kill. Huh? They didn't do it all. And they didn't do it all, and they end up going into, uh, I can't even think of the word for it or whatever, into captivity, because they didn't follow what God told them to do. You know what I mean? So even then, there's times where God will tell your his people to stand up, defend themselves by any means necessary, and defend what's rightfully theirs. You get what I'm saying? So yes. we can't sit here and that, like defense isn't something that you're supposed to do. There's another time where uh, Jesus told his disciples, you know what I mean, to go buy a sword. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Go buy a sword. Go, go buy, you got one, go buy another one. You got to put the work in, bro. Right. <laughs> right. This shit, this shit is not easy. You know, and I don't care what you're claiming. You show me in whatever book you got a book a religious book that does not include war of some kind defending your religion now let me ask you this what what role does politics play in 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 our self-defense or does it um i'm a, I'm a separatist and i'm a black nationalist so mm -hmm. um i don't lean towards more integration um i don't lean towards the democratic uh, Democrat Party. I don't lean towards um, Republicans um, or anything like that because I've seen that voting hasn't got us anywhere. Um, I believe in a separate government for determining our own self-defense. So um, I believe that once we get to a point of of our own revolution towards liberation of our people, mm -hmm. um, we can start building our own black nation. And that's where uh, my politics lie is getting our own land, our own um, our own territory, so that way we can defend ourselves. So we have to establish some type of militant force, so that once we get to that point, um, everybody has a role to play. I don't, I'm not saying everybody should be militant. You should own a firearm, but that doesn't mean you have to be militant. Um, but there are certain people like myself and people in my organization and other ones out there that are willing to defend our people once they get to that point. Um, so I'm, we're just here to back up anybody with a, a pure political agenda that leads our people towards liberation and building our own nation. Um, I don't think that we can have a nation within inside of a nation that controls our nation. Basically, we're not going to get any type of liberation while trying to exercise self-defense in the United States because we're under their laws and their jurisdiction. And you, you, and you're breaking up a little bit. I'm sorry. I don't, but, can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. Oh, I'm saying um, we're, we're, we're under their laws and their jurisdiction. Yeah. So um, along those lines from what you were saying earlier, so uh, as a practical nature, you know, uh, well, a couple of things. The separation, would, would separation actually work in the continental United States? It can work. Because is that, is that really separating? Or is that them allotting us a certain strip of land, kind of like uh, reservations? So the res reservations, um, they still have to, they're still under certain type of laws from the U.S. government. Exactly. So 
what we're asking for, we're not asking for a lot of piece of land. We're asking for a land that's completely carved out, designated 100% for just us. And the United States okay. has done that before. They did that over there in the Middle East. They separated out the land down there for the Jews and everything like that over there in the Middle East and gave them their own land. So it's not like it can't be done here. Why can't if they can do it over there, they can do it here as well. Because they was, I mean, in part of my expression, but they was just giving sand niggas lands away. Right. <laughs> so that's right. A, you know, like, you know, and I know somebody's gonna kill me for that, but that that's how they viewed it. You know, that wasn't their land. It was somebody else's land, and they was divvying up, and they justified it by, oh well, this was a world war, and it had shit to do with them. But the Palestinians got screwed out of it. Um, we have to, we have to want it for ourselves, and unfortunately, um, it's 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 a it's an idea. Mm -hmm. But it's been lost over time because we've become so comfortable with integration and getting the crumbs and everything like that, that we actually feel like because we have a few exceptions out here that we've actually made it. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. the generation that's coming up behind uh, Gen X or whatever you want to call them, Gen Z, all of them that's coming up, they don't know a lot of history. Like down in Florida, they've taken AP African-American studies out of the state. You know what I mean? So there's going to be a there's, there's a group of young black people that's coming up and i've had to sit down and talk with my daughter about there's a group of young people that's coming up behind us that doesn't understand the vitalness or the importance of separating and having our own land because they're not being taught the true history of what's really going on in this world so they think that we're all the same we're all getting along we're all equal but they don't know the history so i say all that to say this is what we're doing right now isn't for mm -hmm. just us we have to do it for the generation that's coming behind us. Yes. So we have to build the foundation and leave them blueprints, just like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, um, Marcus Garvey, Fred Hampton, and all of them have left for us. They left us blueprints for us to pick up and pass on to the next generation. Unfortunately, it's not being taught like it was in the 60s and the 70s. Now what you're being taught is a bunch of hip-hop, rap, reality TV, and stuff like that. No real foundation for them to grow on and build a future on. So um, if, if we still had that mentality, we could mm -hmm. push our people forward. But unfortunately, every time you see something like a million man march, million youth march, the numbers start getting smaller and smaller because they don't see the importance of why we need to come together because we're not, it's not being taught at home. So if we taught these things at home, we could bring more masses of black people together. The only time you can really get black people together is when we start talking about reparations and money. You'll get a million black people to come together talking about money when you stop talking that stop talking reparations. I mean, well, you know what? This country it has has convinced everyone, not just us, but everyone that it only matters if it's successful. Right. Right. And I think a lot of our our activists aren't practical in that element. They, they get, you know, they feel like you're supposed to join them. And well, unfortunately, that's not how it's going to work. You got to have some successes for people to want to join you. I mean, even the Panthers, like when they started out, people were side eyeing them until they seen it was niggas with guns willing to stand up to the police and they got away with it. That was a success. That was a victory that got other people on board to say, oh, shit, if they can do that, I can do that. Well, it hasn't changed. And I don't know that we're willing to go, you know, 
I don't, I'm, let, let me back up. I don't know that a, a majority of us are willing to go the distance like that. You on yourself, you know, the other hand, are, are out fucking side. And that's different. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> um, but I say politically speaking, I will say that, that we aren't raising our politicians like they raise politicians. Like they're politicians, like they, a president isn't president because he decides one day at 40, I want to be fucking president. He's a president because his parents decided when he was 10 that he was a leader. He did, he had some type of quality and they had bread and we want to put him in on a fast track to that possibility. We're not doing that shit. You know, uh, Obama, I think was an anomaly, but no, we didn't raise him to be president. We need to start raising some of the, like, like Kwame was like one of those who fell astray. Not, 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 you know, and I'm talking about Kwame Kilpatrick out of Detroit. That dude was on the fast track. Like he's, he was supposed to be Obama. And I won't say fell astray. Yeah, he kind of did. Um, we're not doing a good enough job of raising politicians and we're not doing a good enough job of buying politicians. Cause make no mistake, politics are for sale and we buy a lot of shit that's foreign but we don't buy shit that's domestic and when i say buy shit domestic we ain't buying politics so i think until we can get to that point where we're buying politicians and raising our own we're gonna being separatist is gonna just be a goal i think it's got to work hand in hand we got to get some people in that power structure that's for us to be able to accomplish that separatist unless we don't physically take it. And that's just not, that's not going to happen in our generation. Right. And separatism is a, is a, it's a, it's a long-term thing. It's not an yeah. overnight, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah. a long-term goal. Um, in the meantime, I do believe that we should be involved in politics and we should make sure that when we're talking about politics, we're not picking Democrat, Republican or nothing like that. We're only pushing agendas that are based on improving the black community. Yes. Um, I, I, I go to different type of events right here in Washington, D.C. I'm getting more involved with going to town hall meetings and different things like that or whatever, because it plays a major role. And it's very important to meet the politicians, the council members who put in different laws and different mm -hmm. things like that in the black community. And I think that our leadership, especially in the 2A community and stuff like that, we need to get more involved especially dealing with, I, I, I can't stand the police. I don't, I don't like 12 at all, but I do have the chief of police phone, the, the assistant chief of police phone number right here in Washington, D.C. Not so I can call her and be like, hey, I know so-and-so and so doing this, but I can call her and say, hey, what's going on? Why aren't y'all convicting this person? What's, what's the holdup? People need answers. What are we going to do with this? These police officers need to be arrested. This black man who just shot this 13-year-old little boy, we need to find out exactly what happened with that and why he shot that little boy at 4 o'clock in, in the middle of the night. We got a lot of questions that we can deal with on the personal side, dealing with the mother and the kid and all of that over here, but mm. we're going to hold both sides accountable, and we need to talk to the politicians as well, from our council members all the way up. We need to know exactly what each council member represents within their council whether they deal with parks, recreation, um, housing, um, uh, city laws, different things like that, whether it deals with uh, food, um, food distribution, different things like that. We need to know exactly um, what those council members' roles are mm -hmm. so that we can work from a, a base level all the way up to the higher-ups, and that's how we work our way up. So politics is very important, 
Um, I believe Fred Hampton said, uh, politics is war without bloodshed and war is politics with bloodshed. And we need to know how to be balanced in both of those so that we can know exactly how to move in our future and in our lives. Yo, man, I am absolutely proud of you, bro. Like, like, like you have, and you've been on the show before, man. I fucks with you. You already know that, man. But you have absolutely, like, like you have, you're maturing before our eyes into um, a true leader, bro. Like, I remember, I remember, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember exactly what you told me that you, you hadn't, that you hadn't done enough, basically, and that you needed to do something bigger. This is the bigger. Like you, 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 you have your, you, there's, there's, there's seeing shit and then there's having a vision, you know, shout out to the playmaker for, I'm stealing that from that nigga. Um, but <laughs> you were seeing things and now like you've got the vision, bro. Like, and it's, it, it really is a powerful thing to see, bro. I'm absolutely proud of you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's always something more to do. Um, wherever I can be, wherever my people can be, um, I try to be there. Um, we did security for Jalen Walker family up there in Ohio mm-hmm. and uh, made beautiful connections up there in Akron and everything like that or whatever. That was beautiful. Um, just recently, Karan Hilton, uh, the two officers that, that murdered him basically, just got indicted and got charged and everything like that right here in Washington, D.C. I talked to the father, speaking to him, shout out to you, Pops. I'm supposed to take you out to dinner. I ain't forgot about you. Um, but the family was very grateful. Some those who, who do like me and everything like that or whatever. Um, and I still love those who don't, whatever the case may be. Um, but the, the the end game is it was about Quran. It was never about me, the family, or anybody else. It was about getting justice for that black brother. And we made history, not just me, but the community, the politicians, and everybody that played a major part um, in making that happen, um, played a major part in making getting those two officers indicted. And that's been something that hasn't been done in over a decade right here in Washington, D.C., where two officers was indicted for uh, for for murder and everything like that, basically. So... Um, that was that was beautiful history right here in Washington D.C. and that's something I'm proud of because I've been a lot of different places, but this is home for me. So to make mm-hmm. a change and make a difference right here in my hometown, um, it, it, it's 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 a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? So, um, I've learned a whole lot. I've learned how to try to humble myself to a certain extent. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's intellectually petty radio, you know what I mean? So we can go be honest, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I can definitely be on my petty stuff sometimes and everything like that, you know what I mean? Um, you know, but when you sit down and you talk to me, you know what I mean, you can we can we can conversate all day long, you know what I mean? So oh, I'm, I'm 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 trying to grow and hopefully in the next five to ten years. I'd be a l- way more mature and way more knowledgeable than I am today. And that's the goal um, to read more and know more so that I can educate more people out here when we have conversations. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that no a lot. Doubt, man. Um, and I don't know who FHGCRVA is uh, on YouTube. They said we need to focus on real estate too. And that is absolute fact right there. Um, and I, and I, I think we're, 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 in all aspects, I don't think it. You know, obviously they're not gonna they're not gonna celebrate it on TV. Um, I do think, however, that we've got enough 
podcasts across the country to develop more of, and that's kind of like one of my goals is um, uh, 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 a black owned, and I don't even know if it's black owned, but a, a black community of, of, of reporters, you know, something where, okay, I don't know how, but okay, well, let's say something happens in DC and I know somebody that's got a podcast that can be there in 15 minutes. Okay. Well, that, that post generates $500. Well, that person gets 250. The other 250 goes back into the pot to provide for uh, cameras, microphones, whatever we need as a community where anybody can kind of tap into it to a certain amount. You know, like you can't go in there and just drain the bank. But if you need $500 and the bank has got 15000 you can get $500. You know, it just kind of, you know, I, I haven't thought it all the way through, but I know it's possible. I know we no longer need CNN to tell us what, what, what the news is in a particular area. Because to be quite honest, CNN actually takes a lot of their news from black Twitter or from niggas on, on Facebook uh, who start something and it reaches CNN and Fox. It don't even need, we don't need to involve them at all at this point. If we could come together and, and, and stop with the, you know, like everybody wants the bag, the bag. And sometimes the bag is not that important. We need a... Uh... We need our own news to share. Shout out to them. You know what I mean? No shade towards them, but we need our own news to share. News to share is everywhere. Everywhere. But it's not black run. You get what I'm saying? They support a lot of different um a lot of different movements, a lot mm-hmm. of different ideas, a lot of different agendas and different things like that, but it's not solely focused on us and controlled by us. And we need our own media platform that's out there in the streets that's that's filming and showing everything you know what i mean and we need more podcasts like yours where we got more black people up here give interviews where we can we can openly speak and be truthful and be honest and we ain't got to worry about no super filter at the end of the day no you know like i'm not i will say that there's a brother in chicago he's got a channel called my life in the shy and that the way he runs his channel is a really good template for how it can be done across the country shout out to donald um and if you get a chance check it out i mean he he i mean at this point like if there's there's some shit that goes down in chicago crime wise that nigga be on it he may not actually physically necessarily be there but i'm telling he have it on his channel like that and he's got a huge fucking following that's a template that you know it's there we just have to be able to comp to, to connect the dots and make it make sense. Like people shouldn't have to be broke. One thing I don't, I think that I say this all the time is that the way that we've treated our fallen leaders, families is a recipe for disaster because it's showing little kids, uh, I, I, being a leader in the black community is pointless because when I die, y'all not going to do anything for my people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, no was, I looked at uh, I was just talking to my best friend about uh, about Martin Luther King. I mean, Martin Malcolm X children and his mm-hmm. daughters and the grandkids and everything like that. And when you actually go look at the 
the history of what happened with them after he passed away is very tragic. You get what I'm saying? And it's very sad about what happened to his, his family after he passed away. Same thing with Malcolm X. And I'm pretty sure if we looked into the history of all these other families, we can even talk about Fred Hampton and, and how that had a major impact on Fred Hampton Jr. You get what I'm saying? And thanks, yeah. shout out to him for continuing on his father's legacy, but it's not enough people out here that are supporting him like they should be supporting him. You get what I'm saying? And he's out there actually trying every day in the streets, in the community, doing what he needs to do yeah. for in, in, in to, to, to keep Chicago going and keep standing on his ground for what's going on out there. You get what I'm saying? So he's, and you know, Malcolm X, um, I mean, Martin Luther King, I want to say the third, he's still out there, still putting in work in the black community and everything mm -hmm. like that. You know what I mean? So you have remnants of them but they still don't get the endorsements and the support like they should and they deserve. Yeah, and that's man. the sad part. And they shouldn't be broke. No, no, they shouldn't. I, you know, they don't need to be millionaires, but it's no way that, the, that their mothers should have had to struggle. When, when their husbands were alive, their, 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 their wives were their backbone and were the reason that they were so successful in what they did. The reason that they got killed because they were so successful. Had their wives, they came home and their wives was bitching and complaining, stop doing this free shit, don't do all that, blah, 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 blah. I guarantee you that shit would have went completely different. Hmm. But then she stuck with raising kids by herself and the community is like, oh, our leader died and leaves her. Mm -hmm. What is that showing to the next generation of leaders? You know, um, anyway, if people want to get in contact with you, how do they go about doing that? Um, you got fredhamptongunclub.com. Uh, there's a, there's a fake page out there called fredhamptongunclub.org. It's, it's a fake page. It's, it's, it's not legit. It's got, it's, it's a white logo with some dude. Um, in a kneeling position with a rifle, that is not our page, all right? So don't go in there buying no T-shirts, no shoes, no hats, no nothing, all right? That's not a real page. Don't really know who that is, but that's a fraud. So it's fredhamptongunclub.com. That's where you can go in there. You can find um, everything that you need on our website, from applications to merchandise to everything like that. We also have um, Instagram, which is uh, fredhamptongunclub, LLC. Um, also, you can find us on, uh, you can type in FHGC, and usually all of our pages will pop up, like RVA, Oklahoma. We got chapters all over the different place. Um, we also have, uh, we also have, um, uh, I'm sorry, we also have Instagram. We also have a fan page on Facebook uh, where you can type in Freddie Hampton Gun Club. Um, and it come right up. We have over, I think, 11,000 followers on there and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, if you look on, uh, if you go online, if you don't see anything that looks like this <laughs> with that logo on there, that's not us. It has to have that logo on there. It's a, a brown fist with uh, two rifles on there, one red, one green. It says Fred Hampton Gun Club at the bottom. Um, so that's that's our logo. Um, you'll see that in and everywhere we are. Um and if you want, um, you can inbox me directly. I usually share my phone number and everything like that. Or you can email FredHamptonGunClub at gmail.com. Yo. Um, and 
your uh, your relationship with Grandmaster J is pretty pretty much well documented, um, and, and and I like how you've handled things since you know the brother got taken down. I don't taken down is a horrible way uh, since they since they they have incarcerated him illegally because that's how I look at it. Um, what's the biggest lesson you learned from him? Um. The biggest lesson is that no matter how comfortable that you get out here in this world, they can find a way to get you regardless. You know what I mean? And the more the more impactful you are on black people, the more of a target you're going to be. So for a lot of people who just want the cloud and want the the praise for it and the accolades and all that, this is something that you have to make up in your mind that one day you may be locked up or killed doing this out here in these streets this isn't something that you just do just to have fun and just for adrenaline rush and stuff like that you have to really be serious and understand that any day you wake up you can lose your life in different ways whether it's being incarcerated or being actually literally killed and you have to plan your life out you have to make um you have to make decisions future decisions for your families you have to make contingency plans you have to get life insurance out. And that's a lot of things that we don't talk about in this movement. You have to, if you're going to be in this movement, get life insurance policies because you want to make sure that you leave your families with something at the end of the day. You don't want to leave them with nothing. Um, make sure that you got all your affairs in order and everything like that. Um, so that way you can make sure that everything is taken care of on your end. I believe Grandmaster Jay has a daughter. I hope that his daughter is well taken care of. I hope that that some of that money that he raised, he was able to uh, source that back out to her. Um, all his family, his mother, well, it's not his mother, but any of his relatives that are still living. I hope that um, that they're well taken care of as well. Those people who are uh, close proximity of his life. I hope that the people who did support him that was in the NFAC and different things like that. I hope that they are reaching out to his family and his daughter and making sure that they have everything that they need to be uh to be well taken care of and being comfortable because whether we like what he did or how he did it, that man sacrificed a whole lot for his people at the risk of his own life. And he deserves the support and his children do too. And that goes back to what we were just talking about, about being in this movement and something happens to the leader that the family doesn't get anything. So I pray and hope that um, we're doing everything we can to reach out. And if people, if you want to, you can reach me on Instagram and let me know how I can support and give back to his daughter and everything like that or whatever. Um, me and him may have had a fallout. Um, we may have not seen eye to eye on certain little things, but when it comes to this right here, I do feel a soft spot in my heart because I do love that black man, regardless of what our views may have been, and our disagreements may have been. Um, but I, w I would love to see the brother. I would love to talk to him, to be honest. You get what I'm saying? Because yeah. no, no man deserves that. You get what I'm saying? Our, our argument wasn't that bad to the point where I wish death upon him and think that he deserved to be incarcerated in prison. No, no black man deserves that regardless of what we went through. You know what I mean? So, um, he didn't hurt me that much that I wish that, that on, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He didn't do me that dirty. So, um, <laughs> but, but the lesson that I learned also keep the right people around you, keep those who are close, learn how to humble yourself, learn how to listen to people. Um, don't make emotional reactions when you're out there and stuff like that or whatever while you're doing everything that you need to be doing. Um, use your mind while you're out there. He got caught on something very small, which turned into something very large, which I still don't believe 
it's justified in the system. Um, what they accused them of, even though they found them guilty, I don't find them guilty. Um, I think that 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 charge that they gave them is very extreme and over the top. I think it's very extreme. Um, and it 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 deserves way less time than what they did, and the way everything went down was just. It was just messed up. I watched the entire case all the way through, you know what I mean, and did enough research watching it to know that he didn't deserve the time that they give him. So I hope that when he appeals, they let him out and everything like that, and that he come back out here and do some more stuff in the community. Um, but I think that's the, that's the important part of having the right people around you, listening to the people in your circle, making sure you have the close, uh, close confidants around you where you can actually say something to them and they give you honest feedback and you'll yeah. be able to say, you know what? You was right. And and that's something that we need to learn how to do as leaders too. Yeah, we can bark all day and say, I'm in charge. I did this. I built this. But sometimes you need to learn how to shut up and listen. And a lot of issues, I'm going to tell you, I'm a, I know I'm ranting for a little bit, but I'm going to tell you one of the main issues mm-hmm. when it comes to leadership that make us go left. It's like growing up in church, right? Mm-hmm. You had this mega church. You got mega church. Say you got about... 10,000 people in this mega church and you're one member out of 10,000 people in this church. And you go up to the pastor and you talk to the pastor every day for four years straight. And this pastor still has no clue who you are. After a while, you be like, man, what am I in this church for? You feel more attracted to the church. You feel more obligated to do something when you go up and you speak to the pastor after your second day of being at the church out of 10,000 people and you say, oh, I know you. Your name is so-and-so and so-and-so and your mother this and I knew your mother back when I was this. It makes it more personal and it makes that person more willing to come to the church and do more because you feel recognized. Now, I think we don't give enough recognition to the people in our organization and that's something that I also learned from him is to give recognition to the people within my organization and know that I'm not the only one with the biggest ideas and that I can utilize everybody in my organization to grow even larger. I want my people in Ohio to grow a bigger chapter and outgrow me and be on the news. I want the people in Florida to outgrow me and and be on the news. I want my Tennessee chapter to outgrow me and continue with their free breakfast program down there and outgrow me and start their own organization if they choose to do so. I want my Oklahoma chapter to do the same thing. I want my New York chapter to do the same thing. My VA, my DMV, my DC, Virginia, my Alabama chapter. I can go on. You know what I mean? You got all them chapters, bro? Yeah, I got all them chapters. (laughs) And that's just a few. So I want them to outgrow me as well. And we we don't put a lot of stuff online. We try to stay low key because it's not about clout chasing. I tell all my people all the time, the reason why you're probably going to hear my name all the time is because I take the bread of all of the drama. I let, let me handle that. Y'all handle all of the work because I don't want them to get distracted off of what's important. I take the hit for it. Let me take all the drama. Let me take all the blows to the chest while y'all doing all the important work out here in these streets and stuff like that. And I appreciate them because watching them grow and watching the the programs that they've come up with and the ideas, they've taught me how to become a better leader myself. You know what I mean? So um, I appreciate everybody at Fred Hampton Gun Club. Y'all have changed my life. Y'all are my family. I love y'all to death. Y'all have made such an impact on not only just my life, but my family's life um, and the people around me. And I am forever grateful for you guys just believing in me, believing in this vision and being a part of this movement. And I, I, I can't thank y'all enough. So, you know, I'm not going to get teary eyed because y'all know how I get when I talk to y'all. But y'all not going to make me get emotional on YouTube, man. Y'all not going to do that to me. 
<laughs> Yo, I want to thank you, man, from the bottom of my heart, bro. Um, it is always a, a, a privilege and an honor to, to to chop it up with you, bro. Um, and as always, man, you you always got a place here. When you come back, let me know. We'll set it up. If well, anything I, I can do for you, let me know. I appreciate it. I ain't forgot about you. I'm going to talk to Dr. Umar. I'm going to reach out to him again. Um, he, he had said something about it, but he'd be having so much going on. So I don't want you to think I didn't reach out to him. So I'm going to try to get Dr. Umar on here for you so that you can uh, interview him and speak to him as well. Yo, matter um, of fact, why are we speaking on that? Look, 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 tell that nigga I got a bag for him. I need him <laughs> the last Thursday in, in February. I got, I got something for him. Nah. Yeah, I, I I let him know. Um, I'm supposed to be doing security for him on the first of uh of February up in Baltimore. So we're supposed to be doing security for him then. So once I run into him, I think that's Wednesday. Once I run into him on that day, I'll speak to him again. I'll drop your information to him. I'll let him know how good of a brother you is and 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 sweeten the deal for him. Uh. <laughs> If you want, I'm gonna try to holler at Lord Jamar for you. You know what I mean? See if Lord Jamar rock with you. You know what I mean? Let him know. So, hey, uh, <laughs> that would be interesting. Hey, hit me up. <laughs> I'm definitely with that. I'm with the shits. Yeah, I'm talking to Lord Jamar too. He's good peoples. You know what I mean? Good peoples as well. Okay, that's what's up, man. Oh, I appreciate Professor that. Griff. You talked to Professor Griff? Actually, got him. I, I interviewed him and Chuck D. Okay, all right. That's a bet. That's a bet. That's yeah. what's up. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. what's up. Yeah, I got a couple over the years, man. Um, but yeah, Lord Jamar would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, let me know, bro. Um, and like I say, if there's anything I can do for you, man, you already know, bro. I appreciate it, brother. I love you. Uh, and love let me too, know bro. when the other brother come on here because I love to speak to him as well. If you got time for me, if not, you can let him have his own moment too. I don't want to impede. Uh, look, I'm a, we we gonna we gonna get it all together. I want to get like Mark Chopper. I want to get, you know, I'm going to see Have if I can you get reached Jay, out to Jay Mark Chopper? I've tried, man. You know, I, I got his number. I hit him up. I let him know. Yeah. You know what I mean? My, I my call him brother. ain't that big, you know, so. Hey, I didn't, hey, look, I, 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 I <laughs> look, Mark Chopper had a post up <laughs> and he had said something. It was a post or whatever. You know what I mean? I commented on it. It's a hundred some thousand comments on the joint. And I commented on the brother hit me back on the inbox, sent me his number. I, I didn't think the brother was going to even respond to me. You get what I mean, I'm saying? Bro, I didn't like, like, even like, think of it like that. He hit me up immediately. <laughs> it won't even on his post. It was on you, somebody else's post. You a bigger they deal, bro. Him, and I commented. I'm like, I didn't even comment under the original post, bro. Like, how you even find me? Like, You a bigger deal, bro. Got to give yourself credit sometimes. Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. But I'll reach out to Mark Chopper, Dr. Umar, and Lord Jamar. I'll see which one of those three All is right. willing to do it. Mark Chopper probably be the probably be the one that'd be like, yeah, he real cool, bro. I promise you, he real cool. Hey, I ain't going nowhere, bro. You know I got you. God keep waking me up. I'm going to keep doing this show. I got you. I'm going to get him on here. I'm going I'm, I'm to talk right. to him for you. I All promise. Right. No doubt. No doubt, man. On that note, man, I got to get out of here. Got to eat. I got to work in the morning. Got to pay some bills. Um, <laughs> Appreciate you, bro, and, and appreciate who, whoever that is over there. <laughs> she over there. She over there. She over there. Shout out to you, Queen. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. On that note, uh, we out of here. Peace. Black power. No doubt. Yo, man, Um, as always, man, it is your talent that gets you on the show, but it's your story that makes you stand out. 
Shout out to the general, man. Um, and salute to the Fred Hampton Gun Club, man. And shout out to Jay Williams. I hope you feel better, bro. We definitely going to spend the block and get you back on the platform because it's always an honor and a privilege to chop it up with you, too. And I really wanted to be the one to introduce y'all. Um, so I will in the future. On that note, this is Jobs. This has been another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. And I'm out. <laughs>